0: Welcome everyone, I'm Sarah Wheeler, Editor-in-Chief at HW Media, with the latest installment of the Housing Wire Daily Podcast, where I get to talk to our editors and reporters about the most compelling stories and sources they're covering. Today, my guest is Housing Wire Senior Mortgage Reporter, Georgia Cromry, to talk about appraisal bias. Before we begin, here's a word from our sponsor. At PennyMac TPO, you'll get live access
1: to underwriting managers, real, bend-over-backwards people the kind who care about your success as much as their own. As a Penny Mac TPO partner, their credit solutions team is standing by to help you quickly solve any underwriting issues throughout the loan process. PennyMac believes the road to greatness is paved with dedicated support. For more information or to price a loan, go to tpo.pennymac.com. PennyMac TPO is a division of PennyMac Loan Services, LLC, Equal Housing Lender, NMLS ID number 35953. Loans not available in New York licensed by the Department of Business Oversight under the California Residential Mortgage Lending Act. Conditions and restrictions may apply.
0: Georgia, great to have you on the podcast as always. Thanks, Sarah. So today is a very exciting day, and I guess that we're recording this on Wednesday, and it'll be when people hear this Thursday. But still, today we finally have the long-awaited report from the interagency task force on appraisal bias. Can you tell us what uh, what we've been waiting on? Um, when this started, and a little bit about that task force.
1: Yeah, so we have been waiting on this for quite a while. Um, this effort began um last last year um and and this has been spearheaded by hud and um it includes a lot of other agencies that kind of intervene in um in appraisal and housing finance and so it's a it's a it's a really big list i was i was um I was saying last night when I first took a look at this this report, there's I think it's um you know page three or page four where it just has a um a, a page of all of the all of the logos of the different um federal agencies and it just reminded me of a of a Girl Scout vest because there are so many of them. Um But... um, That's awesome. (laughs) (laughs) And they, you know, some of them are prettier than others and the graphic design is better on some (laughs) than others, but anyway, so the, I guess the point here is that this was um, an an effort that that cut across a lot of different um, stakeholders and so it's, so it's complicated. And, um, and yeah, we've been waiting for this for, um, for quite a while and it, it looked like it was going to be early this year. And, and I think we had, we had thought as early as February, but here we are in March and we've got it. And my, my first impression from it is that it's both, um, a lot and, um, and, and, and also has, has some, um, some gaps that, that, um, that I, that I think, Um, you know, it, it, it did not, it did not resolve some big, uh, questions. Um, so, um, so it will be really interesting. I have not talked to, um, to experts about this yet because it's, it's quite early Wednesday, but it will be interesting to see, um, see what other people think about it.
0: Well, and so just to give um, some update on on what all those badges, all those Girl Scout badges might be, the logos of the agencies, you have people from the Comptroller of the Currency, you've got the Board of Governors of the Federal Reserve, the FTC, the FDIC, the National Credit Union Administration, uh, Federal Financial Institution. Department
1: of Agriculture, DOJ, the VA.
0: Consumer Financial Production Bureau. I mean, this is a major effort and it's spearheaded by HUD, correct? Yes. And they're right. really looking into like what you know what can we look at the state of appraisals when it comes to bias. And so you know the the industry, many people in our industry, um, whether they're in their lenders or they're a, as part of the valuation space. I mean, they're looking for you know what is going to come out of this committee, what is this going to come out of this task force that that gives them direction going forward. So it's interesting for to hear you say you know there's some really specific things, but other things unaddressed. Could you tell us? I know you just got the report; they just released it. Um, are there a few things that you could point out that are specific?
1: Yeah. So, so one um, one thing I thought was really interesting is that it wants to look at the potential for automated valuation models to um, to, to have bias and do something about it. So there's going to there's a rulemaking um, on ongoing about um, um, automated valuation models. Um, and in that rulemaking, um, there's going to be a non-discrimination standard. Now, I'm not sure that that to me, that sounds very complicated. And, and I was asking, asking um, um, the senior administration official um, yesterday who who was uh, answering questions from reporters, I was asking them about this. You know, you can sort of imagine how complicated that might be, because, Automated valuation models depend on many things. Um, uh, you know, they're, they're proprietary models in many cases, but you have to imagine that the, that the most important thing that they, they depend on, really what's, what's central to AVMs and, and, and finding, um, an appraised value in general is, um, is historical sales. And sales comparisons, and if you're if you're going to um, if if you're going to try and remove any sort of bias from um, the appraisal, um, it 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 just seems like like it would be really hard to um, look at the entire chain of past appraisals and determine whether or not there was discrimination at any point in that whole process, um, so that it does not inadvertently get baked into an AVM. So, that will be a rulemaking with public comment and um and you know lots of back and forth of the formal rulemaking process. But I am really interested to see how they um, plan to um, thread that needle because I think it's it, it's going to be very difficult to,
0: yeah. I mean, I think that's one of the things that, you know different people have have pointed out that it as long as sales comps are the are the standard, you're definitely you know, you're handicapping people from the start. Um, As far as when you're coming up with their home value at the same time, can you, can you look back and say those have, you know, been the result of discrimination? How do you prove that? Like, it's just, it's a messy kind of situation.
1: Yeah, are you going to audit past appraisals? I mean, yeah, it would be it would be pretty um a, it would be a big undertaking. So, I think it's interesting. Another another thing that that um doesn't directly come out of the action plan, but but they sort of outlined a couple of um I I called them like dot, dot, dot items, you know, things that they might look at in the future. And, and um, a senior administration official said that paves work is far from finished. And, um, and, and, and um, it seems like they have, they have a lot that they still want to do. They, they suggested that, that, you know, um, reaching one specific value for, um, for the appraisal might not be the way to go. Maybe, um, maybe um the range of value estimate approach, which is something that I think um Jim Park at the appraisal subcommittee we had been talking about at some point, but you know would it be better to um give a range of values say um you know th- this this to this value um is is a is a um reasonable estimate, but then you know how is that going to change all of the systems that rely on a single value in order to um do underwriting and and so um so even doing something like that with which seems like kind of a very um, straightforward and pragmatic um, way to um, to account for discrepancies and appraisal. It's it's going to be complicated to um, implement with all of the different stakeholders that would impact.
0: Absolutely, I can only imagine. I mean, that in, in one it, from one perspective, you're like, oh, that's that's reasonable. That sounds right. You think about from a practical standpoint. Um, you know, the investor looking back at that, the lender looking at that. Uh, <laughs> a range just introduces so much more uncertainty um how do you i just i see so many problems there obviously not trying to be a negative nancy here and 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 you know i'm not the one doing the underwriting anyway but it just seems like that could create even more problems you know uh, going forward well let me ask you one thing one thing that we were hoping to get some clarity on is kind of the um, if we could, if we could get our arms around, like what is the extent of the problem? You know, if you're looking at uh, bias in appraisals, what can you say about that from a from a ten thousand foot level? And it's the data that we've really been lacking. So we've had Freddie Mac come out with some things, we, but it's not information that's easy to figure out or find out. And and you've you've tried. Um, did they? say anything did they kind of give that that foundational level of like this is how widespread we think the problem is
1: so um no <laughs> is the is the short answer um they, there has been um the, um they they cited um data and research um that had already been released like the freddie mac um like the Freddie Mac study that that you mentioned, um, and um, there was there was also a um, a blog post by FHFA, and there have been there have been academic studies that don't rely on um, low level data, but um, you know self self reported values or other um, other proxies for um, for the the actual appraisal. And so, so no, there was no, um, there was no new data included in this report, which, um, which, which was a little surprising. I, I, I think for appraisers who are skeptical of this entire effort, and I think there are, um, there are some, and, you know, you can imagine, um, you, you can understand why they would be, they would be skeptical about this. I, I think the fact that the, um, after all of this time that the PAVE task force could not um, come out and say appraisals happen this uh, apprais- appraisal bias happens um, this often in this kind of transactions in these areas um, it be because because we reviewed the data the fact that they can't say that I think is um, is is really um, is is really going to be a problem it kind of undercuts the rest of their work. Um, and um, I was really expecting some, you know, s- something in that um, along those lines. Um, you know, one, one thing is the um, memo of understanding between um, FHFA and HUD. Um, we haven't really seen what has come out of that. The, um, the, the task force said that um, FHFA has begun sharing historical appraisal data with um, federal agencies to, um, to help with their appraisal bias research and enforcement. Um, but we haven't seen any of that research um, or enforcement, and I'm not sure what kind of enforcement would come from FHFA uh, sharing sharing historical appraisal data. Um, it may be that, um, you know, because Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac are not government agencies, um you know it's it's difficult to um do, to figure out what how to present that data without um without risking you know have, having some problem with with privacy um safeguards that's that's what the pa pave task force um gave as sort of the rationale for not um for not presenting that data but on the other hand um data from the the v a um uh FHA um USDA loan level um his, historical data um that is is going to be compiled into a um into a database and presented both with it to other federal agencies and they're they're going to make a public facing um, uh database for research. And so for for me it's a, it's a it's a little it's a little strange that they would be talking about releasing um just the, the the same kind of data, but from FHA, USDA, and VA, while um, you know not not tapping the um, the resources that's at the GSEs. So I'm not sure what is going on there, but um, but that was the big thing that we were all very um, very curious about was what kind of data are they going to reveal that shows how pervasive appraisal
0: biases. Well to your point I mean obviously the gse's have the the bulk of this you know that they're the ones that are involved in in the bulk of mortgages in the united states so without their data it's great to have the other but if the if the va usda etc can can release the data it's it's just confounding why the GSCs couldn't. Um, in addition, we know that like, you know, when we talk to appraisers and in any profession, you would assume that, you know, there are there are people who are doing a great job, there are people who are doing a poor job, there might be some people who are biased or not biased. We we don't know. But in talking to individual appraisers, they of course feel like, you know, hey, I'm not biased, and this is just a few bad apples. And in order to get any progress going forward, we're gonna have to show you know, whether that is or isn't true, the Freddie Mac data seemed to say that whether or not individual appraiser, appraisers were biased, there was definitely appraisal bias that you could see, you know, within the within the system. So I just feel like that's without that critical first step, how do you get buy-in from anybody?
1: Yes. I think I think it will be um, I think it will be difficult. But I'm but I'm happy to be proven wrong on this um and i'm really curious i mean the t- the the task force said that um this this report said that that they plan to closely examine the considerations that need to be addressed to work toward public sharing of historical appraisal data from the gses <laughs> <laughs> so just to give you a, a a sense i mean that that to me is is far from um you know act- actually sharing the data <laughs> and i, I think it yeah i think it will be i think it'll be really difficult for um um for, for people to um to take this seriously without some sort of um new um um analysis showing that they that that the task force took a hard look at at whether it is um, pervasive and in what kinds of transactions, and you could imagine that um, you know there, there 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 might be there might be things to be learned from such an analysis. Maybe there are um, maybe there maybe there are specific kinds of transactions where, that are more vulnerable to appraisal bias, or maybe there are specific areas that right. um, that struggle more with appraisal bias, or maybe there are specific Lenders, or AMCs, or, apprais- or, or appraisers who are sort of repeat offenders, if you will, um, uh, on an appraisal bias. And you're not going to get any of that until you you really start digging in. And and so I just I, 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 I don't want to you know totally uh, focus on on the deficiencies of the report, but that to me it, it just really stood out as something that um, that that advocates and researchers. And um trade associations and journalists have been asking for um, for some clarity on the data and and this really didn't provide any.
0: Well, I mean, it's step one of um, of solving a problem is understanding the problem and knowing what the problem is. And that's been really hard for people. you know, we can we can see some signs of this. We can you know, you can look at a lot of different things, but uh, the data would be, Really helpful there. Um, I wonder if, you know, um, throughout this process, some of the agencies involved in the task force have kind of expressed their disapproval of the Appraisal Foundation, which is a private group that's the de facto appraisal regulator, which you've written about. Um, Did the report have anything to say specifically about the Appraisal Foundation?
1: Yeah, so I think the report really amplified um, some of the um, the the questions around the appraisal foundation and its um, its peculiar structure that kind of allows it to um, um, to to kind of operate and it's it's in a bit of a silo. It's um, you know it's it's a um, it's a quasi private entity that's. Also, the de facto regulator—it sets the standards and um, and requirements for um, for being an appraiser. But it's also run by um, by appraisal groups and in- industry, um, you know, in, in- industry um, industry groups. And so, um, and so, there are some real questions. And and um, and there was a um, a very exhaustive report done about um, about the the issues with the appraisal foundation, and. And I feel like this the the pave report really amplifies that. It gives that a bigger platform. it makes it um it makes it now a a national headline issue. whereas before, you know, we read the um the report done by um National Fair Housing Alliance and, and appraisal subcommittee, we read that report, we thought, you know, and, and, and it was, um, you know, it was big news in the industry, but perhaps um, people outside of those bubbles didn't, um, didn't see it. And so, you know, I think that's, um, that's probably uh, one of the really, um, uh, one of the really impactful things that this, um, that this, uh, pave report does is it is it amplifies um, work that has already been done, and um, and it asks the um, appraisal foundation to make um, to make some changes. Um, it's not clear to me if um, if it can if it has the authority to compel the appraisal foundation to make changes um it it sort of uses this this language of um you know re- requesting the um the appraisal uh qualification board um to to make some changes um and and i i just found that surprising that it wouldn't um instead say something like um, like, like the appraisal foundation has uh, committed to making these changes, which we already worked out, and here's what they are, and here's the implementation date. It is not that. It is, um, we will send a letter to the appraisal foundation and request that they make some changes.
0: And listen, you know, uh, we're dealing with the federal government. We know that these things don't happen quickly. Um, Perhaps
1: it and- is just I'm naive, and <laughs> maybe this is how <laughs> things work in the federal government. That's totally fair. (laughs)
0: But, but at the same time, it is frustrating because it's like, I, I, you know, I mean, I guess I was also just really hoping for more, especially because I took, you know, a little bit of time. We were expecting this report a month ago, six weeks ago, whatever we've been on pins and needles, like it's coming out, it's coming out. So, you know, It's a little disappointing to to hear that. But, you know, step one, maybe um, the the first couple steps, we know that the Appraisal Foundation was very responsive to the letter from some of those agencies, you know, earlier in February that when they saw it, they seemed to pay close attention. So so maybe without having, you know, a real stick, the PAVE Task Force, I, I would think that the Appraisal Foundation would still see it as in their best interest to really you know, comply with whatever the recommendations were. It's it's hard to see them going, Yeah, I'm, we're not gonna do that. <laughs> you know, it's like Right,
1: right. Yeah, that's a good that's a good point. And it might I mean I mean it doesn't really serve anyone's interest here to um to, you know, chastise the appraisal foundation unnecessarily. Um if they can can just kind of do do it in this in this cordial um procedural way. Um, you know, it's, it's a, it's a bit, it's a, the language is a bit jarring for, for me though. Um, but, but maybe that's just how, um, how things work.
0: Well, let me ask you this. So if I'm an appraiser out there and, you know, I'm, I don't think appraisers have definitely have necessarily been waiting with bated breath. I think it's more the AMCs, maybe maybe some lenders. Mm -hmm. Um, But, you know, if I'm an appraiser out there today, is there anything different that this report is immediately going to change in my, in the way I do things and the way I report and the, is there anything coming or do, if I'm an appraiser, I'm just like, okay, well, let me know when the next thing happens.
1: Yeah. So, uh, I I think okay. So so one thing that I think will change for um, for appraisers in their day to day is it looks like the appraisal form is going to be um, to be expanded and changed, and there will be language added. I think the 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 appraisal form used by the GSEs. So this is a change that FHFA um, can do. So it will be expanded, and there will also be language um, on the form um, to 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 more clearly say that 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 there's no um that, that that there should should be no um discriminatory language or language about protected class that sort of thing this is of course coming from um you know this 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 follows the um the blog post from FHFA which found um you know um, mentions and in, in numerous um, appraisal reports. We don't know how, exactly how many, but found in, in um, at least uh, some appraisal reports mentions of protected classes and um, and sort of things things that had no place in um, in an appraisal report. So they're going to change the form to make it clear that, that um, you can't be putting those things in appraisal reports. So that so that is one thing that it, it that that's going to change, and I think quite quickly.
0: Well, that's great to know. Um, no, and I, you know, I'm going to let you go, Georgia, because I know your your morning is already. You, you want to jump on the phone and and uh, figure out with some other people what else um, we we can see from this report and and what it means. So we'll be looking forward to that reporting. But thank you so much for following this so closely. It's such an important issue to um, so many people in our industry. So thanks for staying on the case.
1: Yeah, my pleasure. Thanks for having me.
0: Absolutely. We'll look forward to further reporting. Everybody check back at housingwire.com. The the full story will be on there uh, today, today's Wednesday. So uh, when this airs, you should be able to find it. And I know you're just following up on that. So once again, Georgia, thanks so much. According to a recent article on the Great Resignation by MIT Sloan Management Review, more than 40% of all employees were thinking about leaving their jobs at the beginning of 2021, And that figure only grew as the year went on. So how are leaders finding ways to retain valued employees? Or maybe you're even asking these questions as a leader yourself. Step one to addressing this, empowering team members to take ownership of their professional growth. This is why we've invited leadership coach and author Renee Rodriguez to join us for this HV Plus Virtual Masterclass. Think of this class as a one-stop shop on what you need to know to take your leadership to the next level. Go to HousingWire.com to learn more and register. Thanks for listening to Housing Wire Daily. If you haven't already, we'd love for you to take a minute to rate the show and leave a comment. And make sure to tune in tomorrow for more news and insight.